Lift your two hands with me tonight as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence pervading and permeating this atmosphere. We ask that you accept our praise and our worship tonight. We thank you for every prayer because we know we have the petitions that we desire of you. Lord, as we get into your word tonight, we stand against anything contrary to the comprehension of revelation knowledge. We ask that you open every heart and give us a mind and heart that is receptive to revelational truth. Let revelation knowledge flow freely, unhindered and uninterrupted by any contrary force. Holy Spirit, we appreciate your presence here. We ask that you touch everyone present and everyone watching on the internet and everyone who will yet listen to this message. Let no life remain the same. Help us to encounter you in the midst of your world. Let our lives change. We thank you, our Father. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Somebody put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. Please, you may have your seat. Thank you, Elevation. Praise and praise. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Uh, I was um, uh, work today. I hope you're having a great time this week. Um, and I want to welcome everyone very specially to Switch, which is the midweek event of the Elevation Church. If you're here for the first time, I believe you're not here just because you have to be in church. You're here because of a divine appointment with destiny. So you make up your mind that you're going to be blessed and only blessed in this service tonight. And you are going to live blessed in Jesus' name. Uh, for everyone watching on the internet, I want to encourage you to put away distractions if you're uh, maybe in a moving vehicle or something, just concentrate. Just try to put your attention here. Uh, if you're in, in your home, just you know, sit tight, take away distractions, and let's uh, enjoy the word of God together tonight. There's power in the word to change, to bring change. The Bible says they look unto him and they were lightened, and they were not ashamed. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 18, he said, while we behold faintly as in a glass the glory of God, he said, we... We are changed. He said, the Lord is that spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Yeah, so there's liberty in this place. And then we behold the word of God as in a glass. We see ourselves um, in a new dimension. And we experience change. Glory be to Jesus. Uh, We started a series of teachings on Sunday that we, we tagged faithful and fruitful. We've been speaking to the subject of financial stewardship. Financial stewardship. Uh, stewardship in broad perspective is the understanding that all that I have and all that I am um, will not be me or will, it's not mine. I've received everything from God. So I'm not the owner. I'm a steward, a manager. And the one critical truth to stewardship or to managing things on the behalf of another is that there will always be a time to give account. You give an account of your stewardship. So in Matthew 25, you read the parable of talent, and the Bible says, give unto them according to their ability. And uh, the t- when the time of reckoning came, he asked them to give account of their stewardship. 
So we started that uh, full discussion on, 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 on Sunday. We emphasized the fact that um, the Bible says, um, you said, let, let every man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And it is required in stewardship that a man be found faithful. Uh, so faithfulness is essential when you start to develop that mindset of stewardship. Tonight, uh, as we take the discussion a little further, um, I'll be looking at uh, the covenant perspective. The covenant perspective uh, to increase, to flourishing, to, you know, to, to, to prosperity. Because part of the covenant of uh, prosperity is stewardship. Uh, so I'm looking at the subject from a different perspective tonight. And I want you to, to follow me uh, you know, with rapt attention. I'm going to be speaking expressly to the subject of abundance mindset as a very critical part of the operations of God's covenant. The abundance mindset. We live in a time that has been declared, uh, for instance, in our own nation, locally in Nigeria, as a time of recession, economic recession, uh, negative GDP growth for three straight uh, quarters now, and it's, you know, recession. And one thing that characterizes a recession is scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset. And scarcity mindset runs uh, directly contrary to covenant mindset. Because the covenant mindset is an abundant mindset. A, a mindset of abundance. Let's check out the scripture, Genesis 17. Genesis 17. Let's look at the covenant that God, you know, caught with Abraham. Genesis 17. Uh, um, uh, we read from verse number 1. Genesis 17 from verse number 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. You see, it's important for you tonight to follow the word of God very attentively. Because I believe that revelation knowledge will come upon somebody's heart tonight and something will click in your heart, something will change in your heart that will redefine uh, um, your finances forever. And your, you know, we have been addressing issues of attitude to money and material possession. And on Sunday, we spoke to certain attitude, you know, like greed, you know, like self-preservation and all that. We're going to dwell more on that, you know, maybe perhaps this Sunday. But I, I want to look, I want us to look at, you know, this attitude of heart, which is the abundance mindset, which is what makes the covenant that we have with God, uh, it helps us to maximize it. Times will change. Seasons will come and go. And especially at this season, where we, uh, what is, you know, pervasive now, is scarcity mindset. Uh, have you called somebody lately and you ask maybe for some kind of help or let me just get something from you till month end and they tell you, ah, didn't you know that, that, that there's recession? Uh, there's recession. No, some people who have been collecting salary will tell you they've not been collecting salary because some organizations are not able to pay. Even our government are not able to pay workers. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So everybody just feels that there isn't much available to all of us at this time, and nothing can be further from the truth. The truth is that there's always more than enough. Yeah, that's the mindset. Uh, it's a premise. Uh, upon which God places his covenant. So in Genesis chapter 1 here, when God was describing the covenant and the effect of it in the life of Abraham, you will see a lot of 
abundance mindset demonstrated here. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you. The next thing he said is, I will multiply you exceedingly. <laughs> so then I will make my covenant between me and you. The next statement is, I will multiply you exceedingly. Can you see that there's something about the covenant of Abraham? And I'm a part of that covenant. You are a part of that covenant. I'm going to show us in a, in a minute. That for you to really walk it very well, walk through it very well, and maximize it, something has to be happening to your mind that's, you know, that should show that you understand this part of it, which is there's something about it that speaks to abundance. And a scarcity mindset will not be able to walk the covenant. Are you still with me tonight? Yeah. So he said, I will multiply you exceedingly. Look at verse 3. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of how many nations? <laughs> how can God be talking to somebody who has experienced scarcity of children? Delay in having children. And the next approach you bring in, now that we're signing the covenant, is that you will be you, he didn't even say you'll be a father of two or three or four. And he didn't talk about human beings. <laughs> he started talking about nations. Yeah. He started talking about nations. And he didn't say one or two. He didn't say African nations. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't limit him to a continent, you know, or a region of the world. He just said many nations. And you are the one who should determine how many. But the premise for your determination is that he already said many nations. Are you still with me today? How do you transposition someone from somebody who is expecting a child to somebody who can then start to envision many nations? That's the God we serve. Our own assignment is to try to catch up with him, especially in our mind, to catch up with him, which is where the issue is. Because everything around us most often um, uh, will be trying to take us far away from the mindset that God is trying to sell to us. I mean, you, you just put yourself in the shoes of Abraham here and having this kind of conversation with God. And God said, I'm coming to a covenant with you. As for me, my covenant is with you. And even, I mean, though you, 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 you don't have, you know, a child from, from Sarah yet, but you're going to be a father of many nations. Incredible. Incredible. It's uh, something that obviously should take Abraham a few days to wrap his mind around it. Because it's revelation knowledge. Yeah. And when revelation enters into your heart, you know, you know what happens to you? It's like, like it's full of us shock you. Then it makes you a little miserable. Then it starts to bless you. <laughs> because you, you full of us ask strange questions. You're miserable for a while, just thinking, how? You know, just like when an angel appeared to Mary and said, you will know no man, but you'll be pregnant. Ah, how? So you'll be miserable a bit, you know, and just wonder a bit. And then after a while, it starts to dawn on you 
that it's not your mind, it is God. And then, you know, when you realize that it is God, the peace of God then comes into your mind. Then the joy of the Holy Spirit accompanies it. Then you start to feel blessed. <laughs> you know, after Abraham has, you know, after meditating a lot about on this, you know what will happen to him? You know, he just wake up in the morning all by himself. Father of many nations. Father of many nations. And people will wonder, what's wrong? See, when revelation is starting to take root in your heart, you start to misbehave. Yeah. You start to misbehave. You know, uh, you that you don't have a car right now, you go to a car shop and you say, how much is this one? This one and that one. You say, okay, which one do you want? The three. Yeah. <laughs> you say, the three. Just tell me, tell me, how much is this one? That one. Yeah, the three. Somebody who cannot afford house rent now will buy Castle. You know Castle magazine? Yeah. The property magazine. And you'll just be placing calls. Yes. Is this so-and-so company? Uh, yes. I saw one duplex. Yeah. At um, Ekoide. So how, how much is it? He said we should call to ask. So I'm calling to ask. How much? <laughs> you know, because nobody will charge you for calling. It's your credit. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And they, they don't know who is calling. Yeah. They don't know who is calling, so they don't treat you anyhow. Yeah. They don't know who is calling. They don't know, I mean, you are the, if they, even if they ask, we say, the son of the most high. <laughs> <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Don't make a mistake of saying you are the son of Dangote because you don't know what will happen tomorrow morning. You may wake up tomorrow morning and the headline news is that <laughs> maybe he's no longer the richest man in Africa and then, you know, what happens? But God does not change office. Yeah. It, have, you, have you seen God going on any rating before? You, you can't rate him. Yeah, Forbes can't handle him. You can't say this is Forbes uh, rating and this is where God is. Have you seen that before? No, no. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. The God of all flesh. He said it, it, uh, uh, he owns a thousand cats upon a thousand hills. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. Yeah. And everyone who is holding this is holding in, in trust for him. Whether they know it or not. Yeah. Whether you, they know it or not, you, whoever has it in bulk now is holding it in trust for the ultimate owner, which is God. And he's the one that distributes. Yeah. And it takes delight in distributing to his covenant children. So when he was talking to Abraham, he was not thinking of where it's going to come from because he's in control. Yeah. See how God talks. He just, he just tells you. Yeah. And leave you to grapple with it. Because he is not challenged by it. He's not surprised by it. And he's not telling you lies. He said, I won't lie to you. <laughs> you know the funny thing about God? Even if he's lying to you, it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Even if he's lying to you, it's the truth. Because he has no capacity to lie. So whatever he says must come to pass. Yeah. Whatever he says must come to pass. So he said, behold for me, verse 4 here, my covenant is with you and you shall be father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Just 
reiterating it to the point where he says, to sink in. Let's make it your name. Yeah. Because Abraham, Abraham means father of many nations. Let's make it your name. So that you know that I'm not, I'm not fooling around. Yeah. Let's make it your name. And verse 6 says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you. See, nations, nations, nations. Whatever nations mean to you as you listen to me this evening. Let it command an abundant mindset in your heart. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. When God was speaking to Abraham, what he was saying is, look, don't judge me by your prevailing circumstance or the prevailing circumstance of your nation or your continent or wherever you found yourself. Just know that when I speak, no one can stop it. And I'm in covenant with you. I'm in a covenant with you. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. Look at verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. To be God to you and your descendants after you. I can go on and on and on. Verse 8 says, and I will give you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger. All the land of Canaan and as, as an everlasting possession, I will be their God. Just went on and on and on on describing to Abraham what will characterize his covenant. But at the root of everything that God said there, you will see abundance. You will see many. You will see exceeding great. You will see, you know. Now, how can we then get to a point where what determines how we scope the workings of the covenant in our own lives uh, how can it then be what's happening in our environment? Or what's the prevailing? Because what was, the, what was prevalent around Abraham at that time was contrary to the covenant. But God kept saying, look, this is how you think. This is how you see if you want to walk in the covenant with me. And everything that God spoke to Abraham, he actually said to all of us as well. Yeah, yes. That's what he's saying to all of us as well. So Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14 the Bible says there that everything that God was saying to Abraham, he was saying to me and he was saying to you. Galatians 3 and 13, uh, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham, that the dictates of the covenant, <laughs> might come upon the Gentiles in Christ, that we may, we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Anyone that is not Jew by birth is a Gentile. So Gentile there does not mean unbelievers. It means anyone that is not a Jew. Are you a Jew by birth? Yeah. So you are a Gentile and invariably a Jew in the spirit. Are you still with me today? The Bible says that you and I are all descendants of Abraham through Christ. Through Christ. Because all through Genesis, when you read God talking about, I will bless you and your seed, your seed, your seed. He kept saying, your seed, your seed. I will bless you and I will bless your seed. 
And Paul said, he, he, when he was talking about seed, 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 he said, not as, not, not, not as unto many, but as unto one. And that one is Christ. That's why here, in Galatians 3.14, the Bible says, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ. Because when God said, you and your seed there, he was talking about Christ. Christ. And everyone that will come into Christ will participate or partake in that same covenant and that same blessing. And that blessing, it's only possible for you to participate in it when you develop the abundant, abundance mindset. Yeah. Can you help me tell your neighbor? Say every, everything is plenty. I don't know a better way to say it. Just look at somebody and say, everything is plenty. Say there's, there's every good thing in Nigeria. Say everything that I need in its abundance is already available. Glory be to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people say there's no money in this country. And this is March. That people who have bought not one, not two, not three houses this year. And some people, and they, they did not steal. <laughs> yeah. They did not steal. It's just the, you know, what you choose to believe. What you choose to believe. I got an email from a lady today who was, you know, writing to give me a testimony and at the same time, you know, uh, um, just talking about God's faithfulness. Because about two years ago, uh, they, they had a situation in the family. Uh, a young daughter had a medical condition. She had to even travel abroad and, you know, were praying and supporting them and all that. And she had to leave her job to be able to take care of her daughter. Very lucrative job. She just got a promotion, double her salary and all that. But she had to resign. She said, I had to resign. I had to, to travel with this girl, you know, went out to India and all that. And she wrote me an email today. She said that God is just so wonderful. Yeah. Her daughter is doing very well today. And um, she's back, and uh, in the midst of all this no job and all that, uh, she, she, she got a fantastic job. She said, I'm now shovel-driven, and I can go on and on with the many pecs, you know, something even better than what she left in the midst of all this. I've heard people this year who have given testimonies of how they've gotten two jobs, you know, different offers. A lady gave me a testimony you know, right here after a switch service like this, who was rationalized in her office, she lost a job. She just said, well, pass off me, I just need two weeks. Let me just, first of all, go, go to Europe and just go and relax. I can't kill myself, you know. The day she landed on our vacation, she got a call. And then the recruiter spoke to her and all that. Long, long story cut short. She couldn't spend the full two weeks. She had to come and resume another job that was paying maybe three times what she was earning before. Yeah, somebody will sit down and say, eh, the reason why I don't have a job is because there's recession. The job is not even enough to go around. And some people are changing jobs like, like rapper. Eh? It's, just, it's just what you believe. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Extremely important that we understand that our mindset can limit the operations of the covenant. 
can limit the operations of the covenant. The Bible says in Proverbs uh, 20, 23 and verse number 7, said, as he thinketh in his heart, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Yeah. So your mind is very important when, if you want to engage the, the covenant of Abraham. You have to have the right mindset. God looked at Abraham. He said, look northward, southward, eastward. He said, as far as your eyes can see, I will give to you. So the only thing that can limit the operation of the covenant between me and you is the extent to which you see. And the limit of your sight is called the horizon. In working with God, you need to understand that God has no horizon. So even when you see a limit, you push beyond it. Because God is beyond every horizon. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying today. Yeah. You, you need to be able to see. God told Abraham, as far as your eyes can see. As far as your eyes can see. As far as your eyes can see. But the major problem, uh, you know, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The mind is a dangerous thing to waste. Yeah. That's why it has to be renewed. And the major tool for the renewal of mind is the word of God. The mind is a dangerous thing to waste. When it is unrenewed, it is wasting. It's like, it's like operating with, you know, uh, um, a very old operating system, OS, we call it now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe you're still carrying uh, iOS, uh, what do you call it, 8 or 7, you know, and... You know, certain devices, after a while, they become obsolete. Because they no longer can upgrade to that next one. Am I saying the truth? Is anybody following me? A lot of us here are either carrying, you know, one Android device or one Microsoft device or something like that, Windows device. You know, when you have one or two phones that can no longer be used. In fact, my first iPad, the first generation iPad that I had, yeah, I remember uh, this was 2010. I got my first iPad. The day I was released from the Star Crescent Center, I was just parking my car at the car park when a lady walked up to me. She said, Pastor, I announced that you'll be released today and I have a gift for you. I hope it will be useful for ministry and gave me an iPad. That was my first iPad, 2010, October. That, 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 that's um, over six years ago. A lot has happened in six years. The, o, the OS on that iPad, I'm not sure it's not uh, version 5 or so. And now we are 10 point something. Right? Yeah. That iPad can no longer work on the store. You know, the, the, the iTunes is not recognizable again. Yeah. And you can no longer update that particular device. Yeah. You can no longer upgrade that device. When you stay unrenewed for a long time, life will move on. You know, there are some things that people are saying, you can't even understand it. After a while, they tell you, you see, this person, park her aside. She cannot operate. At it. She can't understand what we're saying. Yeah. Because you have stayed at a level where mind is becoming obsolete and you are, you, are, you are romancing it like that and, you know, celebrating what is not improving and you just get to a point you become irrelevant. Yeah, irrelevant. Irrelevant. That iPad is still there. My daughters play some old games on it. Yeah. Because you can't even update it. You can't do anything with it. It's just there. That's how, where some people are in life. They're just there, just parked at one corner. Yeah. You realize that you call your old friends. They can't even pick your call. Because they know as far as they even <laughs> from their heart. 
That's how, how far apart, you know, things have changed and you have remained the same. Yeah. Such people will complain. Nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody wants to help me. The, even the people that tried, they realized. I mean, somebody, somebody walked up to me many years ago, a family member, and came to my office and, you know, was complaining. I don't have a job, you know, da, 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 da. You see, the way the guy was looking, I couldn't resist but to tell him. I said, I know you're my, you're, you're my relative, but I need to tell you the truth. The way you are looking right now, if I have a job as your brother, I can't give you. Yeah, I can't give you. If I have a job, I can't give you. Yeah. He said, why? I said, have you seen yourself in the mirror? You know, I came from a Muslim background. You know, no pun intended, but you know, the way this guy looked, it looked like an Islamic cleric. The only place you can get a job is Arabic school. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. And yes, you want to work in a bank or work. And you came to see me on a weekday, during the week. The, it looked like you just came out of, I don't even know what, how to describe it, with one cap that looks very funny. I just looked at him. I was like, are you real? Are you real? <laughs> are you really very real? Because I, I, I can't understand you. And he's a young man in his late 20s. Huh? You understand? You see how you say, huh? <laughs> yeah. Becoming obsolete. Just because of certain mindset, whether religious or cultural, just holding you down. And when it comes to certain economic mindset, it can so hold down that if you are not careful, God cannot pour out new things into your life. And you remember, Jesus said new wine can only be poured into a new wine skin. Yeah. It takes a new wine skin to take new wine. Luke chapter 5 and verse 37 and 38. It talks about new wine coming into a new wine skin. You stayed obsolete for so long in your understanding and your mindset about money and abundance. You just realize that you are struggling. So, but new wine must be put into new wine skins. And both are preserved. Both are preserved. If not, if we try to put new wine into an old wine skin, there, there will be a spill. Verse 37, he said, no one puts a new wine into old wineskin or else the, the new wine will burst the wineskin and be spilled and the wineskin will be ruined. Yeah. In the current age, what happens when you pour new wine into old wineskin? You will see a message. It's called error, error, error. <laughs> That's what happens now. <laughs> Because this IT age, they don't allow things to spill again. They just, it just give you a message, error. It's just like when you are putting the wrong password to open anything. You just get error message. And there's a limit to the number of times you can try. They say, back in the day, we used to try and go to sleep on it. But now they have changed everything. You try like seven or eight times, it just locks you out. And some are very wicked. It will lock you out for one week. <laughs> 
so that you can go and get yourself together very well before you come back. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. All those things speak to changes that are happening around us and that we are not aligned ourselves with. And I'm praying tonight that God will open somebody up. That you will see how old mindsets are affecting you. That you will see where scarcity mindsets are affecting you. And you, you trust God with me tonight for a, a shift in your mind. So that as you step out of this place, as you get on the road to go around your business or walk tomorrow, you will see something differently. Yeah, you see something differently. You see possibilities where you have shut down your mind. Because that's the only way to walk with the covenant that we have with God. Are you still with me tonight? I said, are you still with me tonight? It's extremely important. John chapter 6, let's read from verse 5. John chapter 6, from verse number 5. Jesus here was about to uh, feed thousands of people. And then there are two interesting responses that, you know, show the mindset of two kinds of people that were around Jesus at this material point in time and how those mindsets were addressed. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that this may eat? There are many Philips in this service, many Philips hearing this message tonight. I want you to discover yourself here so you can make necessary adjustments. Just the same way I believe Philip had to, especially after the miracle. He had to tell himself, what was I thinking? Is this thing still working? How can my response be like that? So Jesus asked this question. Why shall we buy bread that this may eat? But this is said to test them. (laughs) For he himself knew what he would do. Yeah. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what he would do. But he said that to test them. Verse 7. Philip answered him, 200 denarii what of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have how many? Oh, can you say it again? That's where the problem is. In the first instance, Jesus is not asked that we should give them a little. He said that we may feed them. Feeding is not a little. Feeding is you eat and I'm fed. I'm fed up and I'm okay. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you know the joke we crack around here when you go to parties and the, and the thing is really flowing. You say, thank you. We have been fed and we are fed up. We are going home. <laughs> Jesus said, where can we buy bread that we may feed all these people? Philip quickly, you know, calculated on his mind. 200 denarii there was the annual wage you know, for a regular worker in those days. And I guess Philip was still at that level where maybe the highest pay he had, he had gotten in his life in the whole year was 200 denarii. So that was what he threw out immediately. A lot of the time, the reason why miracles, you know, run away from some people and our minds shut down quickly is that we are too salary conscious. Yeah, this is salary consciousness that you're seeing there. Yeah. Go and check, you see. Google 200 denarii, according to this verse, John 6, 7. You, you tell you that it's the annual wage for a regular worker in those days. There are things God wants to do in your life. It has nothing to do with your salary. 
The moment you right size against your salary, you are creating a problem. You are creating a problem. You are creating a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Because your mind will not be able to move any further. You know some people in church, I learned this many, many years ago. Many years ago. It was a what night service. If I'm not mistaken, it must be either 1991 or 1992. What night service? My pastor was prophesying that God will open doors for us in strange places. And, you know, and there was a man that was not too far from me. As at that time, the man was an international businessman. He was doing business in Hong Kong in different places. You know, he was standing there. You know, praying. We're all praying. And as pastor was prophesying about doors opening in nations and all that, I was, just, I was a young boy. I was just, everything he was saying, I was just like, oh, he's talking about this man. <laughs> I, said, I said, for my pastor to be talking like this man is going to enjoy this year. That means, you know, I've never traveled out of Nigeria, so which one is my own? <laughs> and this man, you know, would travel every month, you know, buy chocolate for us and all that. So come to church. <laughs> So everything the pastor was saying, I was just transferring to him. Yeah. My mind was shutting down to some of the blessings because I could not see myself in them. Yeah. I could not see myself in them. And afterwards, after that what night service, the Holy Spirit started to talk to me that, are you a traffic warden in the house of God? <laughs> or you came in to receive blessings? Because some people are like traffic warden. You know, when they say something, yeah. Say this year, God will, you know, do this. You just look at somebody. You also, <laughs> it's not like the thing is not applicable to you. But when you size up yourself, you say it's this kind of people. <laughs> just pass it on. Yeah, pass it on. Pass it on. I mean, uh, so I, I learned my lessons very early because then I left that service. I think I got home and I was thinking about it. That what were you doing? And the Holy Spirit started to ask me, are you a traffic warden? They're just passing the blessing. Who told you that this year something cannot happen that will open the door for you maybe in another country? And why, why is your mind so local? Yeah. Because when you check through the Bible, that's why I started to think about When you check through the Bible, the fathers of faith that we spoke about, they moved from nation to nation. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Abraham was an international citizen. He went to Egypt. He went to different places. He went to Canaan. Yeah. Those were separate nations. So I come, I'm operating on that, the covenant of Abraham, and somebody will say that God will open doors of nation to you, and you'll pass it to your neighbor. Mind, mind, and the constraints of the mind. As I'm speaking here tonight, I feel that some people are enjoying deliverance. And I just, I just hope you will grab hold of that deliverance, which is a change of mind. A change of mind. A change of mind. I remember back in the day also, my pastor would say strange things. And it would cause trouble. As in trouble in the sense that some people, it will almost divide the church. The believers and unbelievers. Yet all of us are children of God. Yeah. You know, some people just believe, some people refuse to believe. 
And then when we stand out to gist, you know, like gisting outside outside the service, some people will say, Is it all those things that Pastor is saying? That's what they call a sodom in Yoruba. You know, in, you know, <laughs> you know in, in Yoruba language, that is sweet talking. Because it could not enter their mind. Have you heard the story before about a man who went to the river to fish and then he sat on the boat and was fishing and when he brought out you know, a fish, he will look at it and do some things and throw them back. And then there are some he will put inside his bucket. And then a man came and said, ah, there must be some deep philosophy to this thing that you are doing. You know? Because you came here to fish. How come the, the, and it looks like the bigger ones, you are throwing them back and you are keeping the smaller ones. He said, there's no big philosophy anywhere. He said, it's very simple. Before I left home, I used this stick to measure my frying pan. Yeah. Anyone that is bigger than the diameter of my frying pan, those are the ones I'm throwing back. Yeah. So, and the way the mind works is like that. When you allow the devil to cap your mind, there are certain discussions that will not be able to enter because they will create too much problem for your mind. All the man needs to think about is how do I fit this bigger fish to this mind? Or buy another frying pan. It's simple. They are still selling. <laughs> yeah. Just go and buy another one. They are still selling frying pan in the market. When it comes to the mind, God is the one that enlarges our mind with his word. It takes revelation knowledge for you to experience mind expansion. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed to this world or the circumstances, the principles, the prevailing belief system. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. Be transformed. The transformative power is in the word of God. When revelation comes, it enlarges your mind. You can't try to walk in the covenant and you don't know the Bible. You don't read the word. You don't listen to, you know, preaching. You don't, you, do, you, you don't pray in the spirit. You don't allow the Holy Spirit to pervade your heart to release new information to you. Because when that happens, your mind is enlarged. You won't be like that man. You won't be throwing back things. You know, like I was saying before, you can stand in a place, people are having discussion about big things. And just tell yourself, ah, well, when I grow up, when are you going to grow up? Because sometimes you need to stay there, allow the discussion to enter your heart. You to just enter your heart, to just soak in. I mean, how can you stay in a place where you are squatting in somebody's house and then two people are discussing about, somebody said he just bought two houses, another one said, uh, he just bought three and the, he's going to buy fourth, the fourth one in April. And you are standing there. If you cannot remain there, then there's a problem. Because as you are standing there and you are hearing, you should be doing something to your mind. That these people don't have two heads. So. And if they're in covenant with God, I'm also in covenant with God. Yeah. I just need my mind to expand enough to believe that God can do this kind of thing in my life. Glory be to Jesus. So, back to this, and I'll start to wrap it up. John 6. So, this guy was right sizing God against his salary. 
and even his salary, he was still thinking little. Philip answered and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little, a little. And Jesus never mentioned a little. This is casting mindset, a little. It is a salary mindset, 200 denarii. Tap your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, God has delivered you from your salary. Say, God is, too, God is bigger than your company. He is the boss of your MD. And the boss of the chairman of your company. When he wants to bless you, he's not thinking about the profit of your company. Glory be to Jesus. Yeah. Alright, verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among many? Yeah. This other guy refused to understand. This is the second kind of person. Refused to understand that you don't measure God against what is available to you. Yeah. God is God all by himself. There's a lad here. The only trace of what we need that is available is just small. Just small. Just small. If you can, you know, tune yourself to the frequency of God, like the widow, when the widow met the prophet in the book of Kings, he said, I have only small flour and a jar of oil to make bread for me and my, do- and my son who will eat and die. The prophet said, go and make my own. But as you are going, understand one thing. The jar of oil will not dry, will not dry up. And that cruise of flour will not finish until the day that it rains in Israel. Simple. All the woman needed to do is just to believe that. Because it creates a different picture. That enlargement comes. And then she just goes in there and obey God. There's a level of financial stewardship that you cannot walk in until you start to walk in revelation knowledge. Yeah. Until you start to walk in revelation knowledge. Verse 10 of John uh, 6 here. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. As I round off tonight, I need to understand something. For you to deal with scarcity mindset and shift to abundance mindset, according to this passage of the scripture, you need to start first and foremost by creating order around your life. You create order around your life. You frame your mind with abundance mindset as a descendant of Abraham, but you create order around your life. Yeah. You create order. Jesus put order in place in that place. Verse 11. And he took the loaf. The loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to his disciples. And the disciples, to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. The question you should ask yourself is, 
When did the multiplication start to happen? All Jesus did was to put order in place and control the attitude of that place, starting with himself. When you give thanks in the midst of lack, you are shifting from negative attitude to positive attitude. The guys that were with him were in full-blown hopelessness. 200 denarii would not be enough, even for little by little. Eh? The other guy said, what do we have? A lad had just one loaf and maybe one or two you know, fish, and that's all. That's all we have. But all Jesus did was to say, let's create some order here. Yeah. And let's change our attitude. Yeah. Let's start to give thanks. Yeah. Let's, let's just bless God. And as he blessed God for what is available, and started to do something with what is available, he started to multiply. Yeah. You know, many people are not taking any steps because it's not enough. Can you imagine what happened to the widow when Elijah said, go and make my own first. <laughs> first. Go and make my own first. And then make for your own. Just behave as if it's plenty. Yeah. Behave as if it's plenty. When Jesus said they should start serving the people, what were they doing? They were behaving with the right attitude as if it was plenty. Yeah. Their, their action was motivated by abundance mindset. They believed it would be enough. It was more than enough. Because when you read further, because part of stewardship mindset is that you need to cut waste. Jesus told them, gather all the fragments so that nothing be wasted. And when they gathered, they realized 12 baskets that were filled. How do you move? From not enough to just enough, then to more than enough in one clean sweep. It's abundance mindset. When you create some order and you change your attitude and you start to behave as if it's more than enough, you see yourself moving from not enough to just enough and then to more than enough. Somebody here listening to me right now you are in just enough because your salary is just about able to meet most of your needs. I see you shifting to more than enough. Amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Somebody is listening to me right now and there's no salary, no income. So you are currently, perpetually in not enough. I speak to you by the Spirit of God. If you can believe, if you can believe, 21 days from today, you are moving to more than enough. Somebody's testimony is your prophecy. I've encountered too many people this year who are working in abundance of all good things. Not one or two things, all good things in the midst of an economy that has been officially pronounced in recession. They are working in abundance of all good things. Time will fail me to keep sharing testimonies. Right here in this church. Not from abroad, in this church. In this church. If I open my email now, I can continue to read emails, testimonies to you. From this church. 
strange, unusual testimonies. I met a brother just right on that side. I was going, you know, recess in between services on Sunday. I think it was after second service. I was just going to, uh, uh, you know, relax a bit and come in for third service. And I met him there. And I remembered that I prayed over his property last year. It was just breaking the ground. So I called him. I said, hello, how are you doing? What about that property development? He said, Pastor, fantastic. Things are very good. He said, we're nearing completion, you know, and all that. So I said, glory be to God. And I was walking away. I just took a few steps. And then he ran after me. He was holding his son. He ran after me. He said, Pastor, um, what I said is not good enough. Let me just say it so that God will not be angry with me. He said, it is very good. You see, his development, I think it's about maybe six terraces or so. Uh, somewhere in Koi. He said, as I speak, sir, all these six have been sold. And we are, we are just roofing. So, I didn't say it well. I'm sorry. It is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, how can somebody have a development where other people are saying there's glut, a glut in the market, in the real estate market? He said, we are just roofing and everything has been sold. So, these are just things that happened one or two days ago. So, you can imagine if I go back to January 1st and I start sharing testimonies back here now. We won't leave this place tonight. I'm saying that for you to stop excusing your mind away. Your lack of belief will not change God. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Your own belief will not change God. Yeah. Your lack of action, appropriate action or appropriate attitude will not change God. It can only make the situation more terrible. In spite of Philip's unbelief or the other man that was analyzing bread and fish, did God do his miracle? That's what I'm saying. Despite the shutting down of Philip's mind based on 200 denarii, his salary, all the people that left that place that they gave a testimony. Ah, we saw something today. Come and see bread, fish flowing anyhow. Yeah. In the wilderness, where there was no bakery. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Well, there was no bakery. The thing was just flowing. That was a testimony they left with. That was despite and in spite the fact that Philip's mind could not comprehend how it was going to happen. Tap your neighbor for me. It's time to upgrade your mind. See abundance. Say abundance. Declare abundance. And you will walk in abundance. Lift your right hand to Jesus tonight and just thank him because he doesn't change. Thank him because the God that is faithful to his covenant. Thank him. Appreciate him. That he did not change us by giving us any our covenant. It's a covenant that is premised on abundance. 
and he has not changed his word is still the same and as you thank him tonight will you ask him for grace for yourself to believe somebody needs to pray tonight lord i believe help my doubts lord i believe help my humbling Lord, I believe. Help my humbling. Help my doubting. With you, all things are possible. And every testimony that we have shared tonight, I wanted to declare those testimonies are my prophecy. So it's going to happen in my own life also. It's going to happen in my own life also. It's going to happen in my own life also. going to happen in my own life also because I'm stepping into abundance unusual abundance stepping into more than enough in every good thing not just in money not just in possession but in every good thing I'm stepping into more than enough in every good thing Stepping into more than enough in every good thing. Every good thing. Somebody declare it tonight. I'm stepping into more than enough in my career. I'm stepping into more than enough in business. I'm stepping into more than enough in every good thing. Will somebody pray tonight? I engage the help of the Holy Spirit to take the limits off my mind. The cap is removed. I engage the ministry of the Holy Spirit tonight to take the limits of my mind. Holy Spirit, blow off my lead. Blow off my lead. Somebody here tonight needs to call on the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn off every lead, every covering. The Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare, they are not carnal, but mighty true God. To the pulling down of strongholds and casting down thoughts and imaginations. And every high thing that exalts themselves against the knowledge of God. Somebody needs to speak against thoughts, limiting thoughts, limiting attitudes. Break their hold tonight. Declare my mind is free to envision. My mind is free to imagine. I'm stepping into abundance right from my mind. I declare tonight that I cannot be held down in not enough. Because my father owns everything, everything, everything. There's anyone under the influence of my voice tonight and you are indebted. You are hoeing. I want you to declare tonight, I receive supernatural death cancellation. I receive supernatural grace to pay up my debt. I cannot be held down in debt. I leverage on the covenant of Abraham. He said in blessing, I am blessed. I want you to declare tonight, I'm breaking free from all indebtedness
I engage divine assistance here tonight. Breaking free from every form of indebtedness. I am delivered tonight. I am delivered tonight. The burden is rolled away. The yoke is destroyed. We somebody receive fresh grace here tonight. Fresh anointing here tonight. The Bible says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I pray fresh anointing over you tonight. To destroy every yoke of indebtedness. I want you to start to see yourself free from that indebtedness. See yourself walking free from that indebtedness. See a fresh flow of resources into your life. Somebody's walking free tonight. Walking free tonight. Walking free tonight. The chain is broken. Somebody is escaping indebtedness tonight. I say it by the Spirit. The chain is broken. So walk free of indebtedness. I arrest every stranger tonight. In the name of Jesus. I command that burdens are rolled away. Yokes of indebtedness destroyed. I see wisdom coming to you. I see favor coming to you. I see the hand of God resting upon you. I see a fresh flow of resources in your direction. Somebody is enjoying divine visitation this season. Unusual access to abundance. Father, we bless your name. We give you glory and we give you praise. Wave your hands to Jesus all over this place and just bless him. Lord, we thank you for your visitation tonight. We thank you for your visitation tonight. And Lord, we ask that you visit everyone this season. Thank you for minds that are renewed. Thank you for minds that are changed. Thank you for newness in the spirit. Thank you for newness of attitude. Thank you for fresh grace. Thank you for boldness. Somebody is stepping into something new. Stepping into new territories. In the name of Jesus. And I command you to take steps by faith from tonight in the name of Jesus. Every limiting attitude. I curse you in the name of Jesus you will no longer prevail I command the setting free 
I command a setting free. Everyone who has stagnated in fear, refusing to take action, as you step out of this place tonight, I receive fresh momentum over your life. Receive grace to take the right actions. Receive grace to go to the right places. Receive grace to think think the right thoughts. Receive grace to move with the right people. Receive grace to ask the right questions. Receive grace to make the right demands. And I declare tonight, by the authority in the name of Jesus, you shall no longer be refused. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Glory be to Jesus.